Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Wednesday. It's the 28th day of August 2019. So glad you're here. I wanted to talk today about a subject that I find a little challenging, and that is anger. I think anger gets kind of a bad rap. However, (laughs) I guess at least some of that rap is deserved. And so I wanted to try and parse this out in my head into the microphone and see where I could get to with my thoughts about anger. Maybe it's easier to start with the bad stuff. So certainly anger can manifest itself in really ugly ways. I mean, you only have to look at things like domestic violence or mass shooting or belligerent foreign policy or emotional and physical abuse of children, etc., 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 to see ways in which people lose control of their anger and that turns into a corrosive force in their lives. And clearly, in that way, anger is not healthy. I think that kind of anger is decoupled from self-awareness and also from a motivation for positive change. There's another kind of anger, though. I guess maybe people often refer to it as righteous anger. I I don't know. That always sounds a little self-aggrandizing to me. But I mean, I guess that's what we're talking about. A kind of anger that comes from a place of self-knowledge, of concern for the well-being of others or for one's own health or mental health, physical health, a desire for positive change, the clear understanding of ways in which oneself or others are being harmed by large systemic problems, that kind of anger, and for lack of a better phrase, let's just call it righteous anger, if that's okay, that kind of righteous anger seems to me to be incredibly important, and actually in much shorter supply, and here, if if I can paint with a a fire hose as opposed to a brush, I think it's particularly in short supply the right kind of righteous anger among white people. (laughs) But I would say a lack of righteous anger is fairly endemic across a lot of American society. So to to particularize this to me for just a minute, some, some bad things happened to me over the last few years. And these were these were kind of public bad things. And I didn't defend myself initially. And one of the reasons I did not initially defend myself was that the dominant emotion that governed my perception of these events was fear. And it wasn't until a good friend helped me get angry about them that I realized it's okay to defend myself when I've been wronged. And not only is it okay, but it's, in some situations, it's exactly what has to happen. Especially with people, what's a good way to put this? With people who you have some sort of emotional tie to. 
So, for example, when these bad things happened, there were two incidents in which people that I was fairly close to, in in a sense, distanced themselves from me. And in the first case, I kind of laid down and didn't really do anything about it. And in the second case, which happened a couple years later, I became angry, again, through a conversation with a good friend, and this time defended myself and set clear boundaries for myself. And that was a super useful application of anger, of a feeling that what is just in this situation is not occurring, and what is unjust is kind of being allowed to run around unchecked. And the the tension between the just and the actual is kind of the birthplace and the, the fuel that fires this anger. And I certainly have been angry in other similar situations. Like, I've gone toe-to-toe with cops, which obviously I'm white, so I get a lot further uh, before anything happens to me. But, you know, I've had a bullhorn on a picket line right in a cop's face, just, you know, really <laughs> pulling no punches verbally. And that is certainly fueled by anger at the way the police uh, behave themselves in these situations and, you know, are used as a as the armed force protecting power. There's a lot of anger in that. And uh, for me, at least, you know, similarly, just kind of as I look around at the world in general, one of my main responses is anger. It's, you know, obviously mixed in with a lot of other things, uh, disappointment and (laughs) fear and concern and sometimes hope and sometimes uh, an idea of a plan. But a lot of times, like just the first impulse of seeing the world as it is can be anger. One of the challenges of uh, Buddhism for me is that Buddhism often doesn't do very well at holding a place for anger. I think especially in the West where American Buddhists are these kind of like dewy-eyed, soft-voiced, you know, meditation tape kind of people, uh, the the popular conception of them. And honestly, this is a cliche in which (laughs) the cliche is made up of like 70% fact. I think because of that kind of overall appearance, an appearance that, that Buddhists often cling to themselves, they're not really seen as people who do very much. Um, you know, the most you might see is a group of Buddhists meditating together at a protest or, you know, people in robes kind of marching along with other folks. But, you know, when you think of like who composes a black block or who's going to be standing there uh, going toe to toe with white supremacists when they march into your town, Buddhists don't leap to mind. <laughs> And yet I think there is a constructive place for anger. And to me, the the central use and the central point of Buddhism, if, if uh, an entire uh, philosophy or religion 
can be boiled down to a point is this. Look at the world as it is. And if you look at this world as it is, it is very difficult not to find anger welling up inside you. And I think that's okay. I think as uh, I think men, uh, cis men and straight men and white men, I think they have to be very careful about the way that manifests itself and a lot of times because uh, men and anger are often not a great combination. And, and I think we as a, a class of people fighting back have to be conscious of the way anger can manifest itself. But I just, but I really do just mean that. I mean only, I think we should be conscious of it. I don't think we should let that consciousness of it dissuade us from feeling it. And, you know, I do come down with Che Guevara on the side of revolutionaries being primarily powered by love. I think it's, it is love that causes you to act positively on the anger at all. But the anger can be a really useful fuel. So don't don't just assume it's bad. Just use it skillfully like anything else. And that's today's show. You can find this show at abriefchat.com where you will find all the past episodes. You'll find a link to support the show. I'm so excited by the people who are already starting to support this show. It's, it's really, really cool. This show, uh, which has been going on now for, I don't know, four weeks, five weeks, something like that, um, is up to a quarter of the level of support of my other podcast, which has been going on for 12 years. So thank you all so much for, uh, for jumping on the bandwagon. I'm, I'm super psyched about it. Lots of cool stuff coming your way. I will see you back here tomorrow. I love you. A better world is possible. <laughs>